Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Would you do anything to cure a disease if you had something that you were experiencing in your life that was really debilitating? How far would you go to really allow yourself to heal, to discover what might really be at the root of it, or if there was some other type of alternative that you had not tried? In a new feature documentary, The Sacred Science, eight brave souls afflicted with illnesses such as Parkinson's, breast cancer, diabetes, depression, and more abandoned Western medicine in search of healing in the heart of the Amazon jungle. Filmmaker Nick Polisi film documents the amazing healing journey of these eight people with life-threatening diseases as they venture into the Amazon rainforest in search of little-known cures to their ailments. While living in seclusion for one month, these men and women take part in the secret healing practices of Peru's indigenous medicine. Of the eight, five of them come back very happy, two of them a bit disappointed, and one doesn't return at all. It is an inspirational, wonderful film that you will definitely want to see. I urge you to see it because it goes a lot deeper than just healing. It really gets to the core of what healing is all about, and healing is about a well-rounded approach. This talks about utilizing methods that for the Western society are a little bit alternative, but it goes into the spiritual aspect of healing as well. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Nick Polizzi to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Nick. Hi, how are you? Great. I'm really thrilled to have you on here, and I'm thrilled that you created this film because I think that people that watch it, they're going to gain so much more out of it just other than the fact that there are plants in other parts of the world that can help them or there are healers in other parts of the world that can help them. I think there's a lot of other messages that are the undertones of this film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's probably part of, that's probably half the reason why we made this film is because, you know, I've done a lot of work with other alternative medicines, and I think the underlying theme behind most of them is that there's a lot more to healing than just taking, taking a pill and waiting a few days. So what was the original inspiration for making this film? The original inspiration is probably two parts. One is I've already made a few films uh, that are about alternative medicine techniques. One is called The Tapping Solutions, about EFT, and the other one is called Simply Raw, and that is about uh, raw food 
uh, six diabetics go on a raw food diet for 30 days, and it tracks their progress. And while making them, I thought that it's, it was really fascinating, but I felt like there was a missing component uh, to both movies. And that component, I believe, is the indigenous roots of all these medicines. And I feel like when you get down to the indigenous practices that have been around for thousands and thousands of years, that are pretty much the the base of basis of all of these practices. Any any kind of healing technique, if you if you ask me how to trace it back, I can probably trace it back in one or two moves to a shamanic culture. Uh, from some point in some area of the of the world that dates back thousands of years. It's just the way it is, and I feel like it's time for all of us who are in you know really excited and enthusiastic and connected to alternative medicine and superfood. I feel like it's time for us to really pay our dues and respect our elders, so to speak. So that's one part, and the other the other part was just. The fact that one of my good friends came down with Parkinson's disease and had tried a couple things that a couple conventional uh, modalities and they weren't working and it wasn't like he had he came to me asking for help but I was just witnessing what was going on and I started doing my own research and I was like okay well let's see where the most promising natural remedies for Parkinson's or natural treatments for Parkinson's are being found and most of my searches took me down to the Amazon a few plants that people were saying were being used by the indigenous and they hadn't been studied yet, and people were starting to write their own um, blog posts about how they had used them with much success. So that started us on the path down to the Amazon. Well, having just come back from Machu Picchu myself and really being in Peru for a period of time and thoroughly seeing, number one, how the people there really love the earth, how they are so connected to the earth and they really respect it. They respect the abilities of it. And also having worked with some shamans while I was in Peru, it it really is amazing how much knowledge is there that has been passed down generation after generation, how much faith they have in that and how much trust they have in their ability to intuit what plants, what herbs, what remedy needs to be placed for what particular thing. It's it's quite fascinating. For sure, yeah. I, I think that something else that's fascinating is that we assume as a Western culture that this must be handed down uh, through through writing, through just teachings. They, they, they go to a little shaman school and they learn all these things. fact is, much of the healing techniques they use and much of the plant knowledge they use, they get from communing with plants. A lot of the treatments that the shamans that we've worked with extensively in the jungle prescribe are not medicines that you've ever heard of before. There's, you know, we're finding out now that there's there's over 80,000 species of plants in the jungle. Our movie, when the number was a lot smaller, you know, how many more plants are being discovered all the time? That they just have a, a, a long lineage, a long written lineage of, of how to use these plants that have, that have kind of been accumulated over thousands of years. And to a certain extent, that's true. But another major part of shamanic healing is knowing how to find the plants through intuition. And they do it. And it's pretty astounding when you watch it happen and you watch it work. And it is apparent in the film in certain parts of that how they are really just speaking to the plants or touching them and feeling what needs to be picked up. Now, you you bring out a really strong point in the beginning of the film, and that is that most pharmaceuticals, the ingredients that are in there, come from the Amazon rainforest. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. 
a good percentage of them do. Uh, 45% of our medicines, I believe this is the right number, uh, forgive me if I'm off by a, by a few percentage points, but I think 45% of the medicine that we're prescribed in the United States comes come from plants. It's just, that's just that's just common knowledge, and out of those plants that they that that are used, a very large percentage of them come from the Amazon, especially our cancer treatments. Well, and I also know that a lot of supplements that are out now, um, different companies that are creating things, they're going back to the Amazon and different places in the world like that that provide very special superfoods or high-quality ingredients or plants that really have certain effects on the system. So there's definitely something to this and to to the way that the indigenous people commune with the earth to get these answers. It's true, and you know, I'm, I'm, I've befriended quite a few ethnobotanists, which it wouldn't be much of a surprise considering what our film's about, who really love the film, and you know, a couple of them. Uh, I was speaking to my my friend Chris Killam. He, they call him the medicine hunter. He's on CNN all the time as as the, one of the like the resident ethnobotanist of Dr. Oz show. He's on CNN and stuff. But he, um, he was. I was asking him why is why why. Do we not study these plants more extensively? You know, the, the fact that 3% of the plants in the Amazon have actually been uh, studied by modern science, and there's 80,000 in total, how come, this has, how come we haven't trained our sites on this area of the world to, to go looking for medicine? And through more research, we've, we're researching for this article we're about to write for the HuffPost, one of the main reasons why we're not exploring this, this, this part of the world as much as you would think we would be is because I feel, they, according to a couple of um, scientists, we've, we've been sort of stopped in our tracks. For a while, we were working with the tribes. That's pretty much, one of the, that's pretty much the most uh, effective way of finding new medicine in the Amazon because there's just so many plants that you can't, you can't just pick a plant here and there and decide that you're going to, um, that you're going to uh, uh, study it and hope that it has some good, good psychological effects or good uh, physical effects. Um, you have to start working with the tribes and finding out what they have been using as a starting point and start testing the plants that they say are effective. And what has happened is we started taking their knowledge and not really protecting them and not giving back to them. So back in like the 70s and 80s, we were definitely finding a lot of cures on there. We were finding a lot more plants. But I think over the past couple decades, the, the, the tribes have gotten wise to our intentions, which aren't which aren't really very good. We don't tend to have their best interests in mind, so they've stopped giving us the knowledge. And as soon as the elders quiet down, you see you see science halted in its tracks in its quest to find cures in the Amazon. It's pretty amazing. Now the the movie starts out with uh, you introducing Roman Hannes, who is from Russia, that actually went to Peru to support himself with Crohn's disease. He was trying to find some sort of cure at that time. I think he was 22 years old at the time. He's now become a resident there, and he works with the shamans and has the spiritual center that you took these eight people to. Talk a little bit about him and the experience with him. Well, Roman and I are now really close friends. He's my shaman, you know, he's the he's the person who has the, the read on, on my progress spiritually, and Getting to know him was probably one of the most, uh, I guess, growing experiences of my life. So, you know, there, I had I had to cross through a bunch of rites of passage to be able to get his trust to be able to make the film because I feel like him and any and most of the shamans down there are very wary of us Westerners coming down and starting to film their sacred ceremonies because they just don't know what our intentions are. 
So he wanted to quote unquote see me when we first started hanging out. Um, he wanted me to sit, sit in ceremonies with them. He was open to the idea of the movie. He thought the, the idea was great and that, you know, th- that something like this should be made with real patience, but he didn't, he just wanted to get to know who I was first. So we, we sat down in a bunch of very powerful ceremonies where I had to sort of catch up pretty quick, pretty fast and, uh, learn a lot in a very short period of time and surrender to a lot of the medicine down there. So it was very, it was very mind blowing reality shifting for me. Um, just right from the get go. My guest today is Nick Felici. He is the producer and filmmaker of The Sacred Science. It is a story of eight brave souls as they leave the developed world behind in search of deeper answers. Living in seclusion for one month in the heart of the Amazon jungle, these men and women take part in the most powerful healing practices of Peru's indigenous medicine men. In their most desperate hour, these patients are forced to confront not only their physical ailments, but their own spiritual and psychological barriers in the process. They went looking for one last chance, and what they found would change their lives forever. You can find out more about this film at thesacredscience.com. That's thesacredscience.com. We'll be right back with Nick Polizzi. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. The Sacred Science is a new film by Nick Polizzi. 
that has been honored at the Mill Valley Film Festival, the Star Denver, Denver Film Festival, and the Environmental Film Festival. It is eight people, 30 days, one journey to find a new life. They had to face death in order to live. They had to decide to go outside to go inside. This is really an amazing film on the power of the human spirit's desire to thrive and survive, on the desire for people to do anything that it takes to get what they need in life, and also on the beautiful journey that is of the soul, how we heal, how we are to avail ourselves of what is natural and organic in our environment, and what it really means to heal, and that oftentimes is being with yourself. And I think that's one of the most powerful messages in the whole movie, is how we don't take the time that we need to be with ourselves, and we don't take the time that we need to be in nature, which truly is a reflection of ourselves. Nick, how was that theme strong for you, and how did that unfold in in the realization of the the eight people that were there? Well, I think something interesting that happened in the film was the people that that had the easiest time were the, were not the people who we would have thought they would have been. Like, so the the, the people who we who we brought down who were already very spiritual, who were already very alternative in their approach to health. We figured we'd have the easiest time, but it seemed it seemed to be the opposite. That you know, the, those people themselves had had just as much of a hard time as everybody else. I don't think that any of us really really understand what it what it's like to be alone for thirty days in the middle of the woods. You know, being alone that solitude, that vipassana like you know reflection on yourself that you know you can't escape from. We you know we're so we're so overloaded with external stimuli in the Western world. You know, there's so many ways to distract ourselves with food, with television, with with any kind of substance that I don't think we tend to really get down to who we are. And it takes a while. It doesn't happen the first day. People people see these shifts that happen over a week, two weeks of being pretty much alone with nothing, not, not even books to, to keep them, their minds busy. All they can do is just be with themselves. And I feel like those the healing results that come from that type of self-reflection are pretty profound. Well, and I think that so often when we can be in that space with ourselves to that degree, we have to look at all those things we didn't want to see. We have to feel all those feelings that we've been repressing. We have to face all of the fears that we've ever had. And I think that's where, in combination with what these amazing medicine men could do, was the difference between someone having a success and someone not? Is how willing were they to really look at that? For sure, a big, a big mess, a big message that kept, that was that was prevalent throughout the entire you know thirty some odd day uh, retreat, as you can call it, was surrender, and people would were resisting. A lot of people were resisting. But the people who surrendered the earliest were the ones who started receiving the healing benefits the fastest. So when you saw a breakdown, as Roman likes to say, he said sometimes sometimes you need to have a serious breakdown to have a breakthrough. And it's, it's, it's really interesting how the shamans, they all sort of have a lot of the same language that you'll find in other areas of the world, that, you know, other spiritual traditions. Facing, facing your demons, you know, say, you know go, look, looking at your shadow, your shadow self. They they understand all of that and they work with it, um, and yeah, it's it's incredible to see what happens when you actually when you actually let yourself go to the bad places, the places that you don't want to see. 
When you talk about surrender, the opposite of that is control. And one of your eight people was a woman that had Parkinson's, and and she really had very little mobility. Um, Parkinson's, everyone that that has studied what the emotional cause behind disease is, um, Parkinson's is not letting go of control, being so Mm -hmm. rigid in what you think life has to be. And she was one of the ones that had one of the most remarkable experiences because she really did let herself surrender. And she was moving so much better by the end of the film than when she got there. And off yeah. of all meds. Yeah, it, it was, that was an incredible transformation. And Javin, who was one of the other medicine men, he has a point in the film where he talks about how he sees this in his Parkinson's patients rather regularly. He sees, you know, he, was, he, taught, he mentions another man that he cured. I mean, this, this is somebody who was move, is moving around 100%, um, you know, just 100% Parkinson's free or at least symptoms free. And he said it was the exact same thing with this, with this man. He had a very, very protective nature and needed control over his family. His kids had been taken away from him, and that had, that, that had been the same year that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. He had lost his kids in a divorce, and, and he was struggling to try to keep his family together. And as soon as that started happening, and that need to control to almost clench onto something, that was when his symptoms started. And it, was, it mirrored, a very like, eerily mirrored what Nicola's family structure was like and what she had been going through. So it's amazing to see all this stuff. It's amazing that we're starting to get to a point as a, as a civilization where we're, we're open to looking at this kind of stuff. Now, the film is dedicated in the memory of Gary Thomas, who was one of the eight people there that did not return. But yet, through the film, it's very evident that he received a healing. Yeah, that was he, Gary and I were Gary and I got very close, which is I know not the right way to be. You, I mean, we should I should keep. Uh, I, I wasn't one of the, the the doctors there, and I wasn't one of the shamans. I was the, I was the filmmaker, so it was hard for me to know what my my boundaries were supposed to be. He and I got very close, and, and his his healing was moving along so fast, and he was so happy. I mean, he was just he was delighted to be down there. I mean, every morning we'd go to his hut, and he'd be like drawing pictures of all the creatures and singing songs and he's like this is this is i've always wanted to come here and this is like this is just blowing me away and he just couldn't stop talking about how happy he was and the tumors in his intestines which are um something that happens when you when you have neuroendocrine cancer they're very painful very uncomfortable that pain started going away actually i think for the last two days before he passed away there was no pain. He was like moving around and just, he was like, he, he told us, he's like, I think the tumors are pretty much gone. He's like, I, I feel like there, there's nothing there anymore. So we were so excited. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, something else, something else that happens as a symptom, as a, I guess, a symptom of, uh, of neuroendocrine cancer is uh, pulmonary embolism. When, I, and I don't, don't quote me on this, but it's when the tumors in your, in your, in your intestines secrete a hormone that shuts your um, shuts your your pulmonary um, artery, and you can't. No matter how much you breathe, you don't get circulation. So it was a crazy turn of events. But like you said, he died very happy. 
Well, and what I want people to realize, number one, um, I think that that method, the, the pulmonary embolism, is probably the most peaceful way he could have gone with, with the disease he had. But the, I think that another deeper message in there is a healing still happened. And I think we human beings view a healing as the disease goes away. But sometimes healing can also be being released to peace. And, and he had been in so much pain, and his healing may have even been his passing. And I think that just gives another amazing look at what healing can look like. For sure. You know, when, when he passed away, I remember I, I, stayed with, I stayed with him, you know, for about, I don't, I don't even know, a few hours at least. And there was just an, a serene quality to, to the entire environment around his, his, uh, his, his Bieta hut where he was living. And when I called his, I called his, um, his sister, who was his point of contact, via satellite phone, and I was, I was just so nervous. I was like, oh my, he had told me, he's like, oh, my sister, she's been telling me not to come down here. She, you know, we all know that I have limited time, but she thinks I should be spending my final, you know, however many weeks I have left with my family. And so I was like, oh my gosh, and now I have to call her and tell her about this. And when I called her, she was crying. Um, she was crying, and she was crying and laughing at the same time. And I was like, I was like, Susan, I'm so sorry. And she's like, why are you sorry? She's like, she's like, it's amazing. She's like, you, you don't understand. Like, we knew that he wasn't going to come back. I said goodbye to him before he left because mm-hmm. uh, because his condition had deteriorated so much between when you know between when you had done the initial interview with him a month before and when he actually got on that plane we just pretty much knew he wasn't coming back and this is just, i mean you're you're an you know she was like saying such nice things about what we did and i was it just blew me away it was too much for me to really handle like you know to hear her being so accepting and and, and happy about the way things had had gone and we've you know we're she, she's become a friend of ours so yeah i think his family knew too which made it even better they knew this is something that he'd always wanted to do and when they saw the footage we gave them just hours and hours of footage of, that we had of him and they were so happy to see how happy he was down there oh that's beautiful that's a beautiful story and the way that they could embrace his his new freedom is is amazing we really can't hide from the self, and, and to take the time to get away is a huge step for a lot of people. I mean, especially to not have books and to not have things and to be out in the middle of, of nature, if that's not what you're used to, can be a real challenge for many people. And one of the, one of the individuals there was having a challenge with all of the, the little creatures and the sounds and all of those things, but he experienced a healing that has lasted. Yeah, well, you know, that that's that's part of the, the you know, one of the interesting things I thought about the, the movie and this project in general was John, who seemed to be just on the verge of saying, you know what, I'm out of here, because he was just, he couldn't handle it. He's also a raw food, he's also a raw foodist, he's very into wellness and alternative medicine, so that was really interesting for us to see, we, you know, when we... Um, told him that he was selected. You know, before we even before we even had a chance to tell him, you know, where would he what, what we were going to pay for, and because we were going to pay for most of their trip down, he'd already booked all his tickets and he was ready to go. And we're like, wow, this guy's really you know itching to get down there. He's going to probably do really well in the jungle. And it was like I said before, it was really interesting to see people who thought that they had it all under control and knew what they were getting into, and were like, you know, already kind of seasoned pros at this. It was really interesting to see that those people were the ones that ended up having the hardest time down there. Uh, they were they they were by no means the exception, you know, 
and that you know, in terms of their ability to handle the elements, uh, in a lot of ways, I think they were in for a rude awakening. But you know, like we said before, with John, he he had some serious breakdowns, but then he had some some of the most miraculous breakthroughs in the film. Absolutely. When when Roman was working with all of them, he definitely was bringing in that spiritual component. He was he was. You could hear the coaching and, and, and the guidance that was helping them to go deeper and really face some of their internal emotional and mental obstacles that were there. Um, how much of that, how much of the healings that did occur do you think were that spiritual component and how much of it was the, the natural environment and the, the herbs and plants? You know, I, I asked that same question to an ethnobotanist friend a few weeks ago. I said, "How much do you think healing in the jungle is 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 spiritual and and emotional, and how much of it do you think is is physical?" And he just said, "The answer is yes." <laughs> and I think it's I think it's because if you go down to, if you go down to the jungle and you start working with those with those guys, the medicine men, especially like you know the the, the older ones. They don't really understand our concept of there being, you know, any difference between physical, mental, or more spiritual. Uh, they they really look at it as all being one thing. So it's really hard to to know because if you ask them about a specific plant that they just gave somebody that's obviously having a, having an effect on their blood sugar levels and reducing their diabetes, they won't tell you. Well, yes, yeah, because it has a certain substance in it that 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 you know he needed. They'll talk about it in terms of spirits. They, all the plants on there have spirits, and you know we need you know somebody should at some point who is fluent in Quechua and the, the language is spoken by the tribes really try to figure out what they mean by spirit. Do they really mean spirit, as in like angels and spirits, um, you know, floating around, or are they maybe talking in their own scientific terms? So it's hard to say, but I would say that they definitely both play a huge role. Well, and I think that that oftentimes what happens, in, in, well, in my opinion, is when we do that spiritual work, we are giving permission for the other to take effect. Because if we are our own healer, and we all have everything within us with the ability to heal, then really the only blockage to healing is ourselves. And if we get out of our own way, everything else around us can work, whether it is traditional medicine or whether it is something alternative. So I think it's it's just amazing how you were able to portray that in the film, uh, that the combination is, is really the key to uh-huh. healing. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. My personal belief is that is that spirit the spirit the spirituality plays probably a greater role. I mean, that's my personal. That's what I that, that's been my takeaway from the, the experiences I've had with alternative medicine uh, over the last you know decade. But I feel like you know another thing we could talk about that is in that same vein is the foundational plants that every patient takes in the jungle are spiritual plants. They're sacred plants. Ayahuasca is a sacred plant. It's got medicinal value. There's definitely there's definitely things in there that you could say scientifically are good for your neurology or good for um, a lot a lot of other parts of you. But more than anything, the medicine men are prescribing those plants because they shatter your reality. They shatter your expectation. They make you face your shadows. They, they, they call it La Portiga because it makes you literally purge everything in your system. And they look at it as being not only are you physically vomiting and other things, but you're also 
um, purging neg- negative energies, bad parts of you, past traumas, and it leaves you in some ways like a clean slate for them to start doing what they need to do with the more subtle plants that you take on a more daily basis. I am speaking today with filmmaker Nick Polizzi, and we are talking about the sacred science. It is a wonderful new film that really helps you to understand the mythology behind Amazonian shamanism. It is a rich and fascinating study, and the filmmakers behind the sacred science have sought to take the documentary experience to the next level by seeking real tangible results. The indigenous plant medicines and spiritual rituals of the South American rainforest have been time-tested for thousands of years, and audiences will be treated to one of the most astounding accounts ever caught on camera in this groundbreaking new documentary film. You can find out more about the film at thesacredscience.com. That's thesacredscience.com. We'll be right back with Nick Polizzi. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaia TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Gaim TV. Uh, at any time, you can click the top banner on the webpage and let yourself have 10, 10 free days of Gaim TV, some inspirational and wonderful films and TV that can really raise your vibration mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Uh, let yourself have the kind of television that your spirit is really seeking. I'm talking today with Nick Polizzi and about a wonderful new film called The Sacred Science. Here, these eight people 
and those who share their experience throughout the film will realize the importance of preserving traditions which are in grave danger of disappearing forever. A large portion of the synthetic medicines we know today were discovered in the Amazon rainforest. However, less than 5% of the Amazonian plants have been examined for their healing potential. With rampant deforestation, ecotourism, and modernization of the indigenous populations, little stands in the way of these plants and the knowledge of their uses being completely wiped out. Thankfully, there are some that are taking action to preserve this fragile and endangered tradition. Join these brave souls as they embark on an amazing quest for transformation and self-discovery and watch as the impact and depth of their experience exceeds the expectations of even the staunchest of skeptics. I can tell you that just in watching the film, you will do some spiritual exploration on yourself. You will hear some comments by some of the people involved and their own realizations, things that will probably affect your own spiritual journey and ask you to go a little bit deeper. You were talking, uh, Nick, a little bit about ayahuasca and and some of the different plants that were utilized and how they have a certain effect. Ayahuasca is definitely the mother of all plants. It is something that is taken in and really helps a person see themselves. It, it, uh, it brings forth all the shadows to where a person immediately gets um, what is blocking them or gets the place where their pain is sitting that they need to uncover. Uh, did you yourself participate in any of the ceremonies, and, and how did you experience some of the medicinal qualities of the plants that were there? Well, I didn't participate in any of the ceremonies that were done during the making of the film, but I participated in plenty of the same ceremonies in the in the uh, the, the creation of the of the plan for the film. So the, the year before we went down there to shoot, as I was getting to know the different shamans, I sat in ceremony with every one of them at least once, uh, whether it was ayahuasca or San Pedro. Usually, usually uh, uh, we would do both. You know, one one day and then two days later do do another one. And I have to say, it shifted me as a person. Part of this project that's that's been, you know, really amazing, and uh, it's been a gift, but it's also been very challenging. Is that while you're making while you're making the project, the project itself is changing you as a person. So you go into the project thinking, okay, I have a roadmap. We know what we need to do here. We know how this is all going to go. We have our patients. We have our we have our shamans. But as you're going through the project, you're, the, the actual eye behind the camera is gaining different perspective. And the person that's controlling, you know, the, the project or, or who's putting the project together is actually changing. So it's something that is amazing, but it also is a little bit, a little bit unnerving at times because you're going through so much personal personal reflection that you worry. You're like, oh man, what what if what if at some point in the middle of the project I, I you know have I have a ceremony that makes me shift gears completely. Is that gonna be beneficial to the project? And thankfully, you know, Pachamama, Ayahuasca, San Pedro, you know, all all these energies always pushed us uh, even further down the same path we were already on. There was never any red flags that were popped up during ceremony or questions that were raised. There was a lot of um, insight and introspection, but it all fed the project. And I think that that's something in my own experience of different shamans and in being in places where they're very connected to the earth. Everything does go the way it is supposed to go. People have the experience they're supposed to have, and there never really is 
a, a bad result. There may be people that experience things that are uncomfortable, but in the end, it always has a greater good that unfolds from it. Yeah, well, that's the distinction to make, right? Some people say, oh, my gosh, I, I'll never do ayahuasca again because it just it feels evil to me. I, there are all these, all these things that I just never wanted to ever see again that I had to see. I was blessed when I was a child, and I had to see that all night. And so that's the difference between what I think is the Western Western kind of a mindset, and this might sound a little presumptuous, but um, I guess I'll just say it. I feel like the Western presumptuous Western mindset is more, you know, pain, you know, the painless pill technique, where you just kind of don't even realize anything bad is happening, um, and that you, and you you're not really involved personally uh, in your healing, and you just take a pill or or you know have a procedure done in the hospital, and then you kind of feel better until the next thing that next bad thing happens to you, and that's the difference between that mentality, and I think the mentality of the indigenous people and the, the mentality of a lot of us Americans who are starting to shift towards more alternative um, sacred practices, which is good medicine is painful. That's just the way it is. I mean, if you're going to have to go through something if you want to get better, because usually you're, usually you're sick because something needs to be worked out on a deeper level, and you need to be brave enough to face your shadows and go through it. What was interesting was one of the shamans was speaking of how even their own culture is changing, how the young people there are starting to lose touch with nature, how they're getting involved in much of what the Western world is introducing over there. And so is there a risk of this wisdom falling away? Is there a risk not only of, you know, misuse of the plants or the deforestation, but an actual loss of this intuitive knowledge that is coming through to certain people because there won't be people to take it on. I think that there is a risk. And, you know, Mark Plotkin, the medicine man, uh, ethnobotanist um, out of Harvard, uh, he he has a whole program set up called the Shaman's Apprentice Program. And uh, it's, it's, put, it's put in place so that people can come down, you know, from the Western world and start literally learning from the others and start gathering that knowledge. It's a, vol- I think it's a pretty volunteer-based program, but it's meant to preserve that knowledge that's being lost. I think the problem, like you said, is the children of these tribes are being enticed into the more modern-style uh, way of living. You know, and even in their remote villages, there's television and things like that. And those same kids used to be the ones that were really looking to their elders for guidance and were really curious about um, what the elders were doing with medicine and uh, willing to dedicate their lives to learning that and passing along that lineage of knowledge. And, you know, the thing about most indigenous medicine, most indigenous practices in general, um, in South America at least, is that they're not written down. You know, they, they make amazing tapestries that are kind of coated with different bits of knowledge, but they're not written down in a literal way where you know which plants do what or how to prepare certain things to do to, to have certain results. It's, it's, all word, it's all word of mouth. As Roman would say, it's a lineage of direct transmission. So every student, every shaman that's alive now is not only passing along the, the verbal you know, spoken knowledge of the, you know, however many hundreds of shamans that have come before him in that tribe, but he's also passing along the mannerisms and the energy because it's all passed down 
you know, through direct transmission. So you're you're not just getting the energy, getting the getting the actual literal knowledge. You're also getting the ways of living that you're picking up from your teacher. So it's great. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a wonderful way of learning, but it's not good. It doesn't help. Um, it's not, it's not beneficial when there's nobody to learn it because then all of a sudden that knowledge is, is at a very high risk of disappearing. Absolutely. What if someone says, Nick, I can't go to the Amazon. I, I, I can't afford to get on a plane. I can't, I can't take the time for 30 days. You know, how can I heal myself? Is there a way to bring that powerful Amazonian healing here? So I guess I'd say two things to that. One is yes. There is there there are ways of getting these herbs. Not all of them. A lot of them are not available, and they're illegal to ship out of that country. Um, but there, you can go to Whole Foods and get a lot of different medicines that we use in the film, and that are also, you know, the things that we don't you don't see in the film that are very popular. I mean, I drink Padiarco tea all the time. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to drink for so many reasons: anti antibacterial, antifungal. Um, so, yes, you can get medicine here. Um, ceremonies, you know, getting the benefit of the medicine then, you know, you're obviously not going to get get much of that through a recording. You can you can have a nice ambiance and sort of try to pick it up through, you know, watching a bunch of the stuff that we have on the site and are going to be uploading to the site, uh, audio, ikados, uh, the prayers um, that are sung during ceremony. It's great to kind of get a feel for it, but nothing is as strong as sitting in the ceremony. So I would say... You can't get access to Amazonian shamans here. But something that I think we overlook also as Americans, which is also going to probably end up being another project we work on, is right right under our noses here, most of our states, there are indigenous tribes that have lived here for just as long as the Amazonian tribes live in the jungle. And they have access to incredible medicine. The American Indians that we just sort of... This, you know, the sort of a blind spot in this country. These the American Indians that live on reservations that we sort of just don't really take into consideration have so much knowledge and and are pretty much you know dwindling because we don't respect them the way they should be respected. So I really feel like it's time for us as Americans to see what kind of indigenous medicine is right here and you know right right in our backyard. That is so true. I think we do need to look at what's here as well and, and appreciate that and and then support ourselves with whatever else that we can uh, from other places that we can either get to or have come to us. If someone wanted to go work with Roman or go to that healing facility, how do they do that? Well, so Roman, Roman the, the literally the exact same place you see in the film, it was made that that that. Um, center was made for the film, but it's now it's it's been expanded and it's even it's got even more healing via the huts and you know the it's it's becoming a pretty amazing place not only for uh, healing but also for learning about the indigenous people and also a permaculture center because they're starting to reinvigorate the jungle um, in those areas where it's being chopped down. So it's a really cool place and it's called the Paititi Institute and you can go there. Um, and and look at look for upcoming events. What kind of openings they have for um, healing retreats? Um, and their website is Paititi P A I T I T I hyphen Institute dot org. So Paititi hyphen Institute dot org, and uh, it's it's pretty reasonably priced to go down there and heal and and, and sit in ceremonies 
and you know pretty you know do exactly what you see in the film uh, for 30 days in seclusion, um, be able to just get away from all of this and really focus on yourself. Well, that's wonderful. I appreciate you sharing that information. It is a leap of faith, and it takes tremendous courage to do that, and also tremendous self-love. Is do you love yourself enough to give you something that will probably feel uncomfortable, probably take you completely out of of life the way that you think life should be, and show you things that you may not want to see, but it could be the life-changing event of a person's life. For sure. I agree. I think that, you know, that everyone seems to think the night after a hard ceremony, even if a, even if the ceremony is difficult, usually the next day is one of the best days of your life because you're looking at the same reality but through brand new eyes. And I think that that same idea could be said of just the entire 30-day retreat. You come back you come back to the United States, you come back to the UK or wherever your your home country is and you just look at your reality and you just do it you just check your inventory. You're like, okay, now I know all this. How much of this needs to stay and how much of this needs to go? So it's interesting. It really is so much of the mind and what we can create in the mind. And Roman's own story was pretty interesting how he how he developed Crohn's disease and he talks about in the film how initially he didn't want to go to school and so as a young child he would pretend to have these stomach aches and pretend and pretend and pretend, and then all of a sudden it became created in the body. And so there's so many messages throughout this film that I think are just powerful teachings for people to take in because it really is about how we're acting, how we're behaving, how we're thinking, how we're being in our lives and what that effect is. What what are we causing and what are we affecting? And then if we've caused it, are we willing to heal it and are we willing to do whatever it takes to heal it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like we've gotten such a beautiful response from so many different kinds of communities. You know, the yoga community, the the um, the energy healing, tapping EFT community, the, you know, like I said, the, the raw food community, the nutrition community, um, you know, just regular, the regular medicine, conventional medicine. We've had screenings that had tons of um, medical doctors in, sitting in attendance, and we're like, oh, boy, you know, this is going to be interesting when we have the Q&A. And then the Q&A comes up, and they just have tons of questions. They're more curiosity-based than scrutiny-based, I guess. And I, I don't know. It feels like you can, you know, there's, we're not trying to tell you any one thing that you need to do in this film. We're just trying to tell you that, you know, there, we just, you know, the general message is to look deeper, to surrender, to, you know, silence and solitude and just try to start listening to your body and you know, using intuition um, on a daily basis to heal. And that is a powerful message. I am with Nick Felici, the filmmaker for The Sacred Science. It follows eight people from all different walks of life with varying physical and psychological ailments as they embark on a one-month healing journey into the heart of the Amazon jungle, working with a handful of local shamanic healers and using a combination of plant medicine and intense spiritual exercises. The barriers between physical health and mental well-being are blurred and eventually eliminated altogether. Definitely take a look at the website. It is thesacredscience.com. Get a copy of the film and you will want to definitely watch it and share it with other people. We will be right back with Nick Polizzi. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? 
Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Diabetes, prostate cancer, alcoholism, Parkinson's, any number of illnesses that may be affecting thousands of people today. These are the approach that we're looking at. What does it take to heal? What would you be willing to do in order to heal? Witness the story of eight brave souls as they leave the developed world behind in search of deeper answers. Living in seclusion for one month in the heart of the Amazon jungle, these men and women take part in powerful healing practices of Peru's indigenous men. This is about 30 days in seclusion and leaving everything behind. It is about going deep into the forest and facing parts of yourself that you've never seen and facing a disease that has attacked your body. Um, Nick, what did you really feel like were your biggest lessons from this process or your biggest ahas that came for you personally through the course of making the film and experiencing these people? Well, I had a lot of revelations personally just from doing the ceremonies, just from doing in the preparations for the film, just having to having to go through my own demons. And my biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways from this, and I think it's I think it's a good one to mention because it's really at the heart of of Amazonian shamanism, is that I think that we as a as a people need to re-embrace the divine feminine, and I can only speak about that. Uh, from a male's perspective, but for me, I don't know if I ever quite understood what the female energy really was until I started working with this medicine. And when you when you start getting down to the nitty gritty of how these shamans work, 
much of the energy in the medicine they're using is a female energy. You know, La Selva, the Pachamama is a female. It's a mother. It's a great, it's a great you know, the ayahuasca is called Abuela, the grandmother. Um, and I guess I always thought that female energy was more submissive. And I know it sounds terrible to say, but I was raised that way until I started making this project about four years ago and was just slapped in the face with how powerful, how demanding, how, um, just invigorating and, and, you know, all encompassing the, the divine feminine is and how, how humbled I was by that when it kind of brought, brought me to my knees and made me relook at my, re, um, assess my life and how I was approaching my own health. So for me, it's a little bit ambiguous, but I feel like the divine feminine is something that the, that most of the indigenous tribes that we're studying and not just in the, in the jungle or in South America, um, but also in Siberia, also in America, um, these tribes have such reverence for the divine feminine energy, and I really feel like it would help us in a lot of ways to, to readdress it. And this is the age of the divine feminine. It is the time for birthing that part of us that is that innate, innate deep womb power that exists within each individual. And, and that's not a male or female reference. The divine feminine really has to do with the energy of you. We have been under a masculine energy influence for a long, long time. And this is the energy of power and receiving and allowing something to sit and marinate and birth through, which is exactly where we are as we're going through 2012 into 2013. The spirituality of Peru rests on three animal symbols, and that is the snake, the puma, and the condor. The snake is the lower world, the puma is the physical world, and the condor is the upper world. And this all signifies the the ladder that we all must walk to attain that self-realization, that experience of facing who we are, letting go of the lie, and then stepping into the truth of what we really are. What this film illustrates is the walk of people being willing to finally face who they've been so that they can move beyond that and step into something that is greater healing. Healing can look like the release of a disease. Healing can look like the release of a body. Whatever it is, the ultimate result is that you step into a birthing of something greater than you really are. Definitely take a look at the website, thesacredscience.com. Get your copy of the film, The Sacred Science, and take a look. Let your mind, your body, and your spirit be fed, and most of all, let your heart be opened. Thank you, Nick Polizzi, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It's been an absolute pleasure. Wouldn't again, matter. Wouldn't matter again, to be with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> again, special thanks to Guy MTV. Uh, definitely take advantage of your 10-day free trial by clicking the banner. I look forward to having you again next week with me. My guest will be Ruth Miller. Until then, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Shift happens.